It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to discuss day number seven of New York Jets training camp. So for that, we bring in our man on the scene at Florham Park, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, a leisurely Saturday at Florham Park today. Yeah, a nice, nice, relaxed Saturday. Uh, good weather, not not too hot. It was a nice, sunny day out. Nice, calm, relaxed Saturday. Got got to see some football. Didn't have the best view for all of it, but you know, it was nice. I I could get it. It definitely is not good being able to not being able to get players one on one. But I could get used to this training camp schedule where I go in there, I watch football for a, a, a little over an hour, hop in my car, and go back home. I could get used to that. I'm sure Sam Darnold enjoys it. Probably reminds him a little bit of home in sunny Southern California. Unfortunately, the good weather didn't bring perfect results for him today. He threw his first interception at training camp. Yeah, it was his first pick so far. Uh, I'm not going to place it uh, the blame more on, on him as much as I am going to on Brashard Perriman. Uh, it, it was a, a pass to the corner of the end zone, the back corner of the end zone, and uh, it, he. Perriman put up no fight, uh, and bless Austin went up and got it. Uh, he had good coverage on it and just slid underneath Perriman, went up and just grabbed it. Uh, Perriman put up no fight. It wasn't a terrible throw. Uh, you know, it, it was bless Austin made a great play. Perriman put up no fight and it, it was a, a perfect uh, play for bless Austin. Um, but yeah, so it was his first first pick. Obviously, that's not great. It's great. It's good that it's only his first one so far. But I'm putting this one more on Perriman than anyone else. It, it should have at least just he throw his arm up and knock the ball down. The bad news is Darnold threw his first interception of training camp, and Brashad Perriman did next to nothing to stop it. But the good news is this was a really good practice for Bless Austin. Yeah, he, the last couple of practices he's he's turned it up a little bit. And today he was he was excellent. Uh, he had that one. He had another breakup in the end zone on the other side of the field. I I couldn't see who it, he had the coverage on there. I just saw him uh, flashing across and uh, breaking the pass up. But he was he he was on his guy. Whoever it was today, he was there. He was not giving up much. It, it was a very impressive day for him. And like I said, he's he's been turning it up the last couple of practices. So uh, that's good to see out there. Speaking of turning it up, I think Lawrence Cager was listening to our podcast the other day where you said that you haven't seen anything that would make you think he has a chance to make the team because today he went out there and put on a show. Yeah, he, he, he had his best practice of camp so far, not even, not even close. 
he got two jumping uh, touchdowns in the end zone. One of them was right, happened right in front of us. And it, it was a very impressive catch. It, it, the ball was thrown high on purpose. He went up, he got it. He had to, uh, you know, get his feet in inbounds and secure the ball. It, it was a really nice play. That's exactly what you want with somebody that size to do. That's, that's his, his role. That's what you're focusing on bringing him in, hoping that he can do right now. Obviously, you would hope a draft free agent he can develop more. But right now, that's what you need from him um, at his size, his frame. Uh, and he went up. He saw the ball, went up, attacked it, got it, brought it down, secured it for the touchdown. He did it twice. Uh, it, it was by far his best day of, of camp. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. No competition for the number one quarterback on this team. We know it's Sam Darnold, but could there be a competition for the number two quarterback? You'd have to assume that Captain Morgan, the fourth-round pick, is not going to be in the mix for that, but he did have a nice touchdown throw today. And then Mike White with a little bit of a surge, maybe trying to make a play for David Fale's job as the number two quarterback on the roster. Yeah, you know, before I even get into that, the the quarterback situation overall is kind of interesting to me because they've got five quarterbacks on the roster right now. Obviously, one of them, Flacco, um, and he's still not practicing. So they're they're splitting reps between four guys, and obviously they're going to have to carry uh, some extra guys or prepare them in case something happens and comes up. So they might need them. So it's necessary to get these guys reps, but – they're also splitting reps between four guys, taking away reps from Darnold and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly how they balance this out and how they do all that. Um, Mike White had a good day today, but I, I have actually been pleasantly surprised and impressed with David Fales. We were talking right before we started recording. I liked Fales coming out of college. I thought he could develop into something decent. Um I, I wasn't impressed at all with him last year, what I saw, but he, he's had a fairly strong camp. He's looked really good. Uh, Mike White had a good day today, but Fails was doing what Fails does. Um, and he was just, you know, nothing flashy, nothing imp- super impressive, but he's getting the ball where it needs to be for the most part. Um, uh, so I think Mike White had a, a, probably his best practices camp as well, but I'd say that Fails is still comfortably – in the lead for that that number two spot until uh, Flacco comes back, but uh, you know it's listen. Jets have had a lot of problems with their starting quarterback for a long time, uh, and then they've definitely we know that they've had even more problems with their backup quarterbacks. So it, it's good to see at least uh, some glimpses, some uh, little signs of hope from these backups. Chris, the DWAB list, as I like to call it, the dudes who are back. Braxton Berrios, Ryan Griffin, Avery Williamson, and Daniel Brown. Yeah, so I didn't didn't see too much out of any of them uh, today uh, to you know report on how they look great or anything along those lines, but they're back, and that, that's what's important. That's what matters, especially Avery Williamson. Uh, they... It's not going to have to be Burgess and Hewitt or Cashman. Uh, the, Avery Williamson, assuming that he doesn't have any other issues, will, will be able to be one of the starting inside linebackers. Uh, and then you get uh, Daniel Brown and Ryan Griffin back. And Ryan Griffin, remember, he he had a very good year last year, uh, especially stepping up with uh, Herndon being out. And if you can get Herndon and then you can have Ryan Griffin, you can have Daniel Brown and Trayvon Wesco, like – 
they've they've got some depth that uh, at the tight end spot, which you would think and hope. Well, maybe that can help uh, supplement the lack of depth that they have at receiver. Not even the lack of depth, but the lack of actual bodies, uh, like competent bodies that they can throw out at receivers. So maybe that can supplement them, help them there. Um, but it, it, it's definitely good to get those guys back. Like I said, the defense definitely needs Avery Williamson. And then, uh, again, with the, the question marks on the offensive line, getting these guys back uh, to help with blocking, that can only help as well. So those, those are three names that, that can, you know, have, have some varying degrees of importance for this team, but they can all help this team. Chris, explain something to me, if you will, because I'm a little bit confused here. The Jets just got Ryan Griffin and Daniel Brown back from injury, and they're moving Bronson Kafusi to tight end. What's going on with that? <laughs> um, yeah, so explanation, explanation. Uh, I don't really have one. What, I, what I'll say <laughs> is that this is not good news for Bronson Kafusi. Um, I th- They released Connor Davis, so they... Uh, so that's one tight end open, but they just got two back. Um, and yeah, I mean, Bronson Kafuzi, especially at this stage of the game, like, am I supposed to expect Bronson Kafuzi to be able to leapfrog at any of the other guys in front of him? Obviously not Herndon. Uh, not, he's not going to be uh, leapfrogging uh, Ryan Griffin. Um, maybe Daniel Brown, may, maybe, but Trayvon Wesco has has looked really good and like a bunch of reporters were talking about I've been talking about him the last couple of days but I I've been hesitant to really think that it means anything but he had another really strong practice today and he he looks bigger he looks better and uh, there there's some something there that something there I want to see more with Wesco Again, I, I really liked what Ryan Griffin did last year. And he he's the type of tight end that, that can always help a team. He's, he's never going to be, you know, uh, a top flight tight end, a, a game wrecker or anything like that. But he can really help. So I, I'm having a hard time seeing the purpose of trying to uh, flip Bronson Cavusi from the defensive line to the tight end at this point. Um I don't even get it training camp bodies wise why you're getting these two guys back. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Good news, Chris. I just saw this came in off the wire, hot off the presses. Anthony Siafi is back. We can all rejoice. Yes. Yes. Uh, the 33 is back in play again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's uh, he, he's back here. Uh, that's what Connor Davis was released for to make room for him. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I, I don't expect him at least to be getting a ton of playing time. I think that's because of, um, uh, Matthias fairly getting an injury. Uh, so he's a training camp body for right now, at least. Chris, overall, would you say that the defense was stronger than the offense again? Like you said the other day, remember the defense dominated the offense the other day in practice. Was it a repeat performance? Not even close to that. Uh, that type of performance. Uh, but the defense definitely won today. Uh, but the, the offense was able to bounce back and make it close enough. Uh, they were able to actually make uh, a significant amount of plays. Um, this uh, The defense winning the day was mostly uh, 
bless Austin winning today more so than anybody else. They were actually able to move the ball to get a little bit of time to work with. So it wasn't the defensive line just dominating the offensive line quite at the same level. They still, again, won the day, uh, but it, it was a lot closer than it was the other day. Some new injuries to add to the list. Yeah, John Franklin Myers has a groin injury. So that's a new addition there. Patrick Owansar has the knee. Uh, Josh Adams with the hamstring went down. Uh, And then it sounds like we're getting closer to Denzel Mims getting back on the field. Um, He's probably going to be doing some work on the side recently, but it sounds like he's getting a little bit closer. Still no type of update with Brian Poole, which at this point, point i'm beginning to wonder uh because i i don't uh, again i'm certainly not a doctor i i think you guys are all aware of that but i've never heard of any anybody being dehydrated for this long a period of time um so i don't know if what's going on there but doesn't seem to me making any progress there that's something to keep an eye out but yeah obviously fans have to be hopeful that mims can get back and he can at least get a glimpse of him um, and get him uh, a week or two worth of practice before the season starts. Just give him a bucket of water. Problem solved. I, I mean, just <laughs> a whole bunch of water. I don't I Like, shouldn't you just be able to get an IV and get that taken care of within a couple of days? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't like to try to speculate like this because again, <laughs> the lack of medical degree, but this, it seems weird to me. I I've never heard of somebody being dehydrated for this uh, long a period of time. By the way, Chris, when we talk about John Franklin Myers, we're both big TV fans. So it just reminds me of that old episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Uncle Phil brings home these guys from his fancy firm and he's talking to Will and he says, oh, I'm from Firth, Wynn and Meyer. And Will says, Earth, Wind, and Fire, when does your next album come out? <laughs> John yes. Franklin Myers. It's such a like law firm sounding name, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you get those the three names like that, but then Franklin and Myers. I, it, I, we've How many different infomercials have we all seen with some <laughs> Franklin and Myers? <laughs> indeed, indeed. By the way, Adam Gase spoke after practice, says there's going to be a scrimmage this coming week. So I guess this will be sort of the green and white, but not technically the green and white. Yeah, so I guess they're going to be able to do a couple of different scrimmages. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically going to be the green and white. Obviously, unfortunately, no fans. Um, but uh, that that's going to be something, you know, obviously huge. These these scrimmages that they have are going to be uh, the equivalent of preseason games for these guys. This is going to be their time to really impress and and uh, you know state their case why they should make the roster. Uh, so that that's going to be interesting, and it'll be a you know it'll be fun for us reporters to actually sit there again. A lot of these training camps, there's a lot of positional drills. It's a lot less fun than when they're doing seven on sevens and eleven on elevens. But the scrimmage that will will be able to get a much better read on the roster and where players fit in the roster once they start doing that type of stuff. Quincy Wilson also spoke after practice, and I have to laugh at this quote. He said, quote, they coach you to make plays here, not cover grass. Um, sure, I guess. Yeah, uh, this is one of those, uh, a 
football cliches. Uh, you hear about coaches sometimes coaching people to co to cover every blade of grass. Um, so I think that's what this is kind of in reference to. He also said getting the call that he was getting traded from the Colts to the Jets was one of the best days of his life. Um, so he, uh, he was very happy to get out of Indianapolis. Uh, he didn't get into specifics there, but he was very, very happy there. Uh, but yeah, this, again, that's a, that's a football cliche coaches do. We need to defend every blade of grass, but I've never seen a blade of grass make a play. Um, I've never seen a blade of grass actually, uh, you know, have an impact on a play. So I, I, I can understand where Quincy's coming from there. And, you know, they want playmakers. And that's, I think really what he's getting at is more than just being in your spot and being in the right spot. They want people to be aggressive. Greg Williams wants aggressive. He wants you to make plays um, more so than just, have keeping everything in front of you as much. He wants you to take some chances. And that's, that's really what uh, I think he's getting at there. And, you know, that's, that, that definitely has, it can backfire on you. Um, and we've seen this with Greg Williams defenses, but that's, that's also why I really like Greg Williams defenses as much as there's some holes and there's some, some flaws in his scheme and what he tries to do. I, I do prefer the aggressive approach. We talk about it with Darnold and on the offense. I'd rather a quarterback that throws some interceptions but is willing to take the chance than the guy who's safe all the time. So that, that's always my mentality. Same type of thing with like a boxing match or a UFC fight. I tend to give the advantage to the aggressor. Um, that's obviously different sports. They play on point cards and not scoreboards. So there's, there is uh, admittedly more value to playing things a little bit more safer in the NFL, but I think that's what that is. It's just be more aggressive instead of just worrying so much on keeping everything in front of you. The quote from Wilson about being happy to be traded to the Jets, I know that sounds like something a player would say no matter what. Once he gets traded to a new team, he's just trying to say what he thinks he's supposed to say. But I do think there's some truth to it only because we know players love to play for Greg Williams. Williams will give him a legitimate chance to compete and, as you said, be aggressive. And defensive coordinators in Indianapolis didn't seem to know what to do with Quincy Wilson. So he was always the odd man out despite being a very high draft pick, a second rounder in 2017. In fact, he was picked in the second round the same year as his Florida teammate who he has now reunited with, Mr. Marcus May. Chris, before we run... I just thought I would share these texts from Connie Carberg, who, as you know, charter member of both the Lawrence Cager and George Campbell fan clubs. She says, I knew that Cager would break through eventually. 6'5", 225, he's not going to be a speed demon, and he had a lot of injuries. He also never got to run a 40 because of what went on before the draft. But he sure made Jake Fromm look like a much better quarterback than he actually is. And then when Cager had the two touchdowns today, she texted me, finally, something. So she's pumped up. Well, I certainly cannot disagree with her assessment of Fromm there. Um, because <laughs> I, I watched Fromm very closely throughout his college career. And it was like, okay, I, I, I heard people talking about him. And I never saw it. So spot on there. And, and she's, she's absolutely right about Cager. Today was the first day that we saw it, though. Uh, I, I had been watching him. I talked the other day about how slow he was coming in and breaking in and out of his routes. 
Uh, but today, today you saw it. And, you know, again, undrafted rookie. This is weird training camp. So uh, you have to give him time. Um, we're going to need to see more than just what we saw today. But, again, with, with the state of the Jets receiver core right now, like, I'm not ruling anything out. Uh, like, uh, he could be a, a playing significant snaps week one, depending on how this all plays out. So uh, I'm not ruling anything out. Today was a, a very good day for him. He just needs to build on it and keep doing it and keep showing out. We'll see if he can do that, and we'll see if Campbell gets into the mix too because a lot of people would like to see George Campbell have some flashes. Some people have said that body type and speed-wise, his profile matches Robbie Anderson a little bit. He's got a long way to go before he can prove that he belongs the way that Robbie Anderson did in 2016 coming in as an undrafted rookie out of Temple, but fingers crossed that if not Campbell, then Cager, somebody steps up because like you said, Chris, this wide receiving core is in very rough shape. Chris Nimbley, the owner-operator, lead reporter, whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on and going through training camp again with me. Really appreciate it. We'll be back to talk camp again tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm sure you've got plenty to say over at your website, JetsInsider.com. Yeah, I'll have my three observations up uh, very shortly, but definitely by the time this is released. So go ahead and check that out, and then I'll have some more articles coming in the next couple of days um, about specific players, about uh, assessing this roster as a whole, um, and then uh, also something to, like, you know, kind of what I'm going to be keeping an eye on closely uh, through the rest of this this camp. Um, again, no preseason games, all this type of stuff. So I'm I'm gonna have to find ways to uh, put in like checkpoints where I I'm talking about ha- assessing the roster overall. So I have plenty of up uh, up over these next few days. Go ahead and visit Chris and read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.